0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Neil Lennon's calling on his want-away players to settle down and concentrate on the job in hand Stephen Gerrard's seen a reaction from Alfredo Morelos but is still to decide whether to pick him this weekend and the Aberdeen 8 and Bolly Bolingoli are set to learn their fate from the Scottish FA I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans. Who would have believed that before we get to the end of August Celtic would be in this position Out of the Champions League, descent in the dressing room Room, a rumour factory on overtime concerning who wants to stay and who wants to go. Sunday's match against Motherwell is now must win or else for Neil Lennon because Celtic run the risk of angering an already seriously irritated support. Big mistakes have big consequences, as Celtic found out on Wednesday night. Cammy Bell, Scottish football is box office. We've had a European disappointment for Celtic and all the fallout from that European success for Motherwell and Aberdeen. A multi-million pound transfer between two of our big clubs. We're expecting big news from Hamden on the coronavirus breaches. And we're back in to the weekend's action as well. Where else would you rather be? Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's never short of stories in Scottish football. And um, obviously after the disappointment of Celtic on Wednesday night, um, as you say, Sunday is a, a must-win game for Neil Lennon 0141-951-1025 That is the number you need tonight And if you would rather tweet then you can do that as well And you'll find us at Clyde SSB Hugh, I, I just had visions of you pacing around the man cave <laughs> At full time on Wednesday evening I was inundated with messages saying We want Keevans on Thursday We want to know uh, what he thinks I came in here and found you in the office You've, you've got that glint in your eye You're suitably worked up by what you saw It's a mammoth underachievement on Celtic's part And the, the mammoth underachievement Will have mammoth consequences Because Peter Lawwell, Celtic's chief executive Is on record as saying That Celtic need to participate In the Champions League group stages Three out of every five years well, it's four years now since they last appeared in the group stages. It means that further down the line, there will have to be cuts. Players will have to be sold. A form of downsizing will need to take place. And I can see why the fans are seriously irritated. Three European exits in a row, all of them at Celtic Park and all of them against teams that Celtic really ought not to have lost to. It's not four years yet But I, I take your point Obviously heading um, In a certain direction And Cammy, the, the reverberations from that Disappointment Are being felt Because we're about to hear From Neil Lennon Talking about The players And, and the appetite for it Patrick Clamalla didn't start That calls your Recruitment Into, pros, into the question You know there's There's a lot going on here Apart from just A disappointing 90 minutes Ah huge going on um, Going on at Selig Park It's It's Again, Neil Lennon's um, comments after the game I think is a bit reactional I think he's just spoke the way that he was feeling at the time Obviously there has been some distress in the in the changing rooms But there's there's huge problems there I don't think the recruitment's been good enough either For me it's it's not been great this this sort of period um, And it's going to be interesting how the next few weeks pan out for Cammy, I, I'd put on two hats here with my journalist hat on, I would say that if I'd been sitting in the press room at Celtic Park on Wednesday night, I would have thought, wow, that's just put icing on top of a very rich cake yep. when Neil Lennon came out and spoke about, if you don't want to be here, just go. With 
my other hat on, that of neutral observer, I look at it and think, you really ought not to have said that because you've set a negative agenda from now until Sunday. You've given he, every, he's got everyone. to he's got to regret what he said. As I say, I think it's just emotions coming out after the game, and that's why I think managers. Especially when the huge disappointment of Wednesday night needs to take time and and, and realise what he's going to say to the press. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. So much to get through. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon, Stephen Gerrard's talking, Alfredo Morelos, and I fully expect at some point between now and eight o'clock the verdict will be in on the Aberdeen eight and volleyball and golly, and it's very early days. I think there might be some eyebrows raised So let's wait and see what we get In terms of confirmed news on that one But it's 01419511025 Simply let us know what's on your mind So many topics up for grabs tonight Let's kick off with what Neil Lennon Had to say today And without even any real introduction The guys have, have, have latched on to that main point The result is disappointing But what Neil Lennon said afterwards Tends to be um, what's got everyone going And let's just remind ourselves What he said after the game on Wednesday um, Because that way It will put today's comments Into a bit of context This was Neil Lennon Just after full time There are some players Who you know May want to leave And they've made that You know Inroads into that Over the past You know Six months or so um, So if they don't want to be here Then you know We'll have to do something about it If they're making waves To leave the club Then they're obviously Not com- committed you know, and I want players you're committed to the club. I'm not going to go into it, but you know, I've, I've look, I've just put this out there because it's been bugging me for a long, long time. So that was Wednesday. Lots of fans reacted to that on last night's show. Now today, um, obviously, he was asked about it again. He says simply though, he just wants the unsettled players to stay at the club. Um, he says he's got no issue with picking um, these players for his squad. We want them all here. We've got a big year ahead of us, and um, this is a, a difficult time of the year, as you know. People are unsettled. But we want them all to settle down, you know, and do what's best for the club. And that means winning the league and trying to make the best of what's left of the European campaign. It's a tight-knit group and we have a big, big year ahead of us. You know, and it's really, really important. We suffered a blow, one of our objectives is gone. But we've got plenty of other objectives going forward and I want them all here focused on that. We want them to settle down. We want them just to do what they do best, the great lads. Um, I understand that, you know, sometimes it can be interest, but this is a great club. You know, we want harmony, and I'm not saying there's been any agitation at all, but sometimes you can lose a little bit of focus. We just want them to get back on it and concentrate on the job that lies ahead. So Neil Lennon asked today, Hugh, if he regretted the comments, he said, not really. And, you know, then we got the sort of answer that you just heard. I think the tone is different. The tone of his voice is different from Wednesday night. The anger has gone out of his voice since Wednesday night. He has backpedalled, clearly. And I think that's because he has realised that what was said in the heat of the moment set a negative agenda. And now he has to get everyone back on board. Players, fans, Everyone And he's tried his best To do that there Alright let's bring in Francis in Bishop Briggs then And see what he, um, what he makes of it Hi Francis Hiya how you doing How you doing Pan alright Yeah all good You all doing well All good That's good uh, I just wonder if I could talk to Hugh He's listening Hi Francis uh, Hi Hugh how you doing uh, I was just Well I was talking about About our Celtic supporters On about the new In regarding The defence The defence situation That Celtic back at the moment Uh huh um, What has John Kennedy Actually doing there I know he's no, he said these issues and stuff like that, but 
surely there must be somebody there at Celtic Park saying there's something wrong with this defence and it's got to get sorted as soon as possible. I think we corrected this last night, Hugh. John Kennedy was a defender, but he is not the defensive coach yeah, for Celtic. Yeah. I get why people put two and two together. However, that doesn't mean Francis's criticism of the defence no. is, is not valid. And in I, fact, I think he's probably found someone in you who will agree with him. Well, first of all, in defence of John Kennedy, if you have a £7 million centre-back in Christopher Julian... And uh, Christopher Ayer, the other centre-back, whose agent has asked Celtic how much Celtic would want for him if he could go to another club. And if you have El Hamed, who cost in excess of a million pounds, uh, and Greg Taylor, who cost two million pounds, I think you're entitled to expect better of them than the Celtic supporters are watching. Uh, I tend to think that everyone points the finger at Greg Taylor I don't know why he's, he's not that long at the club and I don't see that uh, he's done anything particularly wrong but El Hamed's uh, mistake on Wednesday night was horrendous uh, for me Julian and Ayer are not a good pairing for Celtic and if Ayer wants to go I think Celtic should take the money that may well be the case but since we are talking specifically I think about Wednesday night did, did Julian do anything Wrong in particular Or Is this A long standing issue That you've had with him As a player um, From was, um, You could see it coming in the game It was just a matter of time yeah. uh, I know we had a lot of possession In the second half And stuff like that But For people Our Celtic supporters Have been going there for years And Hugh Keane Yourself have been watching Celtic for years I've watched every other game In Scottish football Not just Celtic or whatever, And I didn't mean to blame John Kennedy On a personal level but surely there must be somebody sitting back here saying, this defence just isn't right, we're crying out for a big Johan Mialbe or a Bobo Baldi. This somebody is going to stand up and take control of that back. Yeah, I, I back think... Back wall, Francis, uh, somebody does have to come in. In central defence, somebody does have to come in because uh, Julian and I are, for me, purely personal perspective, they are not good enough to sustain mm. Celtic throughout this season. Were they at fault specifically the other night, Cammy? Because it, it seems that, that certainly the second one's obviously an individual error. The first one, well, a number of players could have tried to close the ball down. I don't think Ayer and Julian were among them. That's not to say they're not to blame at other times. I, I don't. I don't think they were to blame on Wednesday night. Um, but again, the criticism's been there for a long time. It's been bubbling along that people aren't happy with the partnership of the two centre-halves. I agree with you. I, I don't think they complement each other. I, I really don't. I, I probably agree with the caller that they need um, a strong defending centre-half who's willing to go and head the ball and wrestle with the, with the physical side of the game. And, and they don't do that. Again, though, Greg Taylor, going back to Greg Taylor, I, I think it's, it's, it's obviously a huge ask to come in and and fill the shoes of, of what Kieran Tierney done And I, I don't think Greg Taylor's done particularly bad Since he's came in to, to the Celtic side So I think some of the criticism towards him Isn't really just to be honest What about the new goalkeeper? Because we've not seen anything of him really The games that he's played in He's barely had a save to make Should he have saved that the other night? The first goal? Uh, the second I think he should have saved the first goal uh, uh, For me I think a top class goalkeeper Which Celtic should have would have saved the first goal um, Fraser Foster Would have saved it um, Second goal Again It's one of them ones that He's narrowed the angle And again If that hits his feet And goes out for a corner Then it's a different story But I think they've took a massive risk In signing a goalkeeper From a different country That's never played in Britain Never mind Scotland um, And when they're going for so much This season I really do I found it 
very strange when they had the opportunity. Obviously, they wanted Fraser Foster. Now it's coming out that Fraser Foster was never going to sign for Celtic. But other keepers out there, Joe Hart knows knows Scottish football because he's been in English football, but also knows. Well, what, what difference would that really make, though, in terms of just stopping shots? And no, I, I just think there's, there's different types of football. Scottish football is quite a physical game compared to Greek football. Maybe a bit faster. Um, but that's not really what he's had to come no, up against I, yet, is it? I know. Um, again, is it the fact that you're as, as a Celtic goalkeeper, there's probably only going to be two or three shots in a game that you need to save, and you really need they switched to switched on for it. it. The, yes. the, the poorest element of Celtic for the last few years has been recruitment. For every good one they get. There are two or three who just don't fit and end up going elsewhere. For the me, successes have been so big, though, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, that yeah. It, does, yeah. it does offset it. Yeah. I mean, if you've signed uh, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Victor Wanyama, Key, whoever, and made Fraser Forster, made tens of millions of pounds out of them, then of course you have to temper your criticism. But there is no doubt plenty of. Unsatisfactory Unworthy players Have arrived at the club David Marshall With anything wrong With signing David Marshall And spending your Five million pounds elsewhere Okay thank you to Francis And Bishop Briggs Let's bring in Gordon In Kilmacomb What do you make of Of Neil Lennon's comments Gordon and then The subsequent comments Today Hey It's just That's You're asking a a Celtic manager After getting uh, Embarrassingly Put out of the Champions League um, and he's a fan. He's a Celtic fan. He's as big as the rest of us. Was it? What do you want him to say? Uh, no, I mean, I, I always find it funny that when people put stuff in and they say something, and it's like, oh my goodness. And no disrespect to Hugh, but he'll go, oh, that's headlines tomorrow. And I know that's the way the world goes, but it's, it was a very, very bad, bad night at the office. I watched it with my son. Uh, he was celebrating his twenty-first. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> happy birthday. I just thought it was just, yeah, yeah, but. It was a very, very poor game. Obviously, Ellen's got caught out at the end, sorry. They're pushing, trying to get the goal. There's obviously, they've still got a couple of months or six weeks left in the window. Um, no, this is... We've got hearing about footballers that this has never happened and that since they've been taught, you know what I mean, all this time off. I think they've got to give them a bit of slack. I just think that um, their heads are all over the place. My head's over the place. I, I've changed my job twice. Trying to just do things I think everybody's the same It's a job at the end of the day for them They've got families as well I'm not trying to make an excuse It was a terrible, terrible uh, game They should have won it um, But I just think there's uh, <laughs> I mean God, uh, I think No disrespect to the Rangers But Gerard goes and says I'm not playing uh, I'm not playing my top goal scorer Because his head's not in it or Whatever it is Blah, blah, blah And he gets, he gets praised for that And Lennon said There's a few no, hold on, Hold on a second, Gordon Hold on a second When Steven Gerrard said that about Morelos Instant headlines Instant And everyone talking about it on here So it is No difference was made between Steven Gerrard and Neil Lennon And if you listen to what Neil Lennon said In the clip that Gordon played In the immediate aftermath of the game against Ferenc Baros He said I want to put that out there I want to put that out mm. there He was taking a voluntary decision to say what he said It was not an idea put in his head by journalists And I go back to the point Every time Stephen Gerrard and Morales have a fallout Everyone gorges themselves on that as well There is no difference made between the two clubs 
In the eyes of the headline writer I, I think Gordon meant that Stephen Gerrard was praised for it And Neil Lennon's been criticised But they're very different Because it's, it's a different approach anyway You know, Stephen Gerrard decided to not play Morelos And Neil Lennon And by the way, Cammy, We should say that I completely understand Managers disappointed Mike shoved in their face at full time That would be tough Emotions are running high But you hear loads of managers Who are emotional and disappointed Who don't Announce that there are players within the team who want to leave Again he, he's left his soul open, open for criticism I think um, by bringing that that up Saying that there is unrest in the changing room That players have came on He said for the last six months That's a long time that players have been asking to leave Celtic for them. Um and, and I mean that just obviously opens the door For journalists to, to then write all these headlines And ask more questions of it Neil Lennon's obviously went today And tried to backtrack a little bit um, But Probably the damage is done It's out there that players in that dressing room Don't want to be at Celtic Did you see what the guys mean Gordon Because it takes a disappointing night And then it adds a whole different dimension to it Where people are now guessing And looking at that Celtic team And going right Who are the guys that want away Yeah I can understand that But just a quick point with you I I was talking about The the, the agreed And Angus Gordon DL actually just says And good on Stephen Gerrard I was only making a point of it No they're always different Um but he was saying good on him for standing up and saying he's best player. No, I'm not playing him because he says no, Anna. So yeah, we all say things after a game, and definitely Hugh said it for years. It, everybody after a, a defeat, well, we nearly anywhere it's a habit or whatever it is. It's like come on, let's go. Give us a bit of news. We're going to make it. So and then when they do it, it's like oh my goodness, I, I think it's just nonsense. No, 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 no. You're just you're just not listening. You're simply refusing to listen. Neil Lennon uses the expression I just wanted to put that out there In other words He took the decision It was premeditated on his part He knew when he came into the dress, uh, the press room That's what he was going to say No one asked him a question No one piped up and said By the way Neil Are there unhappy players in the dressing room? He volunteered the information uh, Talk to us about the bigger picture Gordon then What about Going forward Is it the type of result That worries you Or the type of result You think that Celtic Will bounce back from Very quickly I don't, I don't think We're a Champions League team anyway So I think There's too much money Out there and everything else I'm disappointed Very disappointed How we get out um, We get knocked out Last season And we had a great season We topped the group The, the UEFA Cup We beat Lazio So I just don't think We're a Champions League team anyway We get knocked out With these guys We should have won the game And that's it mm. um, But it's, uh, I, I just laugh at Hugh At times Not I mean It's just uh, Aye, it just—you're not listening. You're not listening. I'm listening, um, but I just think the sensationalised things uh, when it comes when somebody says something. Oh my goodness! Let's go and let's go and uh, uh, cut them open. Whatever else. I remember Brendan Rodgers said uh, a couple of years ago, wingers—we've got millions of them, and a couple of folks said, "Oh no, I mean there was a problem there, and nobody picked up with that, whatever it is." But because it's Neil Lennon, I think it's just easy. People did pick up on that, Gordon. That yeah. was about Marion Schwed. And by the way, look. Look where he is That was all people said at the time If Brendan Rodgers doesn't know too much about the player What does that say? And in fact he's not been a success But anyway we are going And it was also part of the reason why Brendan Rodgers thought I don't think the board are showing enough ambition for me Anyway we're going off on a tangent What about that last point about Celtic You know, Not being a Champions League side When when you analyse recent performances in the group stages Against these massive teams yeah. I think everyone would agree It's really difficult to compete at that table But that doesn't Sort of excuse Getting put out by Ferencvaros Or no. Cluj Or AEK Athens Or so on Does it? Celtic have become A Europa League team uh, On the back of As I said at the very start Of the programme Mammoth underachievement 
AEK Athens at Celtic Park Out uh, Cluj at Celtic Park Out Ferenc Varos Who have As I understand it 20% of Celtic's annual budget Out uh, Celtic are underachieving And have become a, a Europa League team When they should Given the cash Element They should Be a Champions League team Thank you to Gordon In Kilmacomb Stephen Gerrard says He's seen a reaction From Alfredo Morelos This week But is still to decide Whether to pick him tomorrow So Rangers fans A pretty simple question for you Should he pick him Or not We'll hear from him And you next You are the voice Of Scottish football Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We kicked off hearing from Neil Lennon um, We are still to find out the verdict from the Aberdeen 8 And Volleyball and Golly And um, we're still to get it confirmed But that will be interesting when that breaks Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard uh, He's warning Alfredo Morelos The goal scoring reputation Doesn't count for so much now That he doesn't have to rely solely on him to lead the line You all know the story Left out the squad entirely last week Kamal Roof and Cedric Eaton played um, Stephen Gerrard says he has seen a reaction And he's yet to decide if he'll play tomorrow What do you think? Uh, I'll make that decision uh, later in the day We've still got a session this morning So we'll analyse and assess where Alfredo's at uh, What I will say is We've definitely seen um, a difference in his application um, He has refocused himself into training well And working hard this week um, but it's a decision I'll, I'll wait till, till the end of play today before I decide whether he's included or not. As a manager, you, you analyse the players on a daily basis and you pick the players that you think are capable of going to get you the right results. Uh, you don't pick on name or reputation. You pick on the players that are training hard, that are focused, that are listening, um, that are taking messages on board, that are going to give you a better chance for your team to get the right results. Um, last week, we made a decision for, for the benefit of the team and the squad. And um, in terms of Cedric and uh, Kamar, I thought their application was really good. Yeah, I was really happy with the performance, considering it was the first start. Um, I think there was real positive signs. Kamar getting off the mark, yeah, Cedric's work rate. So there's a lot of positives in terms of them two as a partnership, but also individually as well. So what I will say is we're in much better shape from an attacking point of view in terms of options to use. We're not heavily reliant on one person. Um, and I'm hoping to have Jermaine Defoe ready after the break as well So yeah, I welcome the tough decisions in that area of the pitch James and Paisley, do you pick him tomorrow? Uh, I think he's definitely in contention I think so, yeah I think uh, Stephen Gerrard got exactly what he wanted by starting the other two at the weekend They got the, the ego back from Alfredo Like any, well, most strikers that want to score goals They're going to be annoyed when they're not getting a game They're not even in the squad Even though he does want Or supposedly wants a move So I think he's kind of got exactly what he wanted from him By the sounds of it So certainly should be in contention I would say Yeah if he left out because his attitude was bad He'll go back in because his attitude is good He's the best striker From the three available To Stephen Gerrard And uh, therefore he'll go back in Not on reputation or favouritism As Stephen Gerrard said But he'll go back in because he's the best striker And Gerard can also point to the goalkeeping position. Um, McLaughlin retains the position, even though McGregor is fit again, and that's because McLaughlin's done nothing wrong and does not deserve to be left out. So that's the way it works for Stephen Gerard. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, Alfredo is the best striker at the club. Um, probably a really clever call from Stephen Gerard and leaving him out and making sure he. He did react in the in the correct and proper way and refocus himself, which 
But it sounds like Steven Gerrard's happy with the way he's trained this week. Um, and I think he'll definitely play part of the game. Um, and as you say, the goalkeeping situation's interesting. It's, it's, it's a great situation for Steven Gerrard to be in. Alan McGregor's been fantastic since he's came back to the club, but John McLaughlin's shown that he's ready to, to step into that slot and he's been brilliant since he's went in. James, how much of this comes down to the fact that Rangers kind of need things to be smoothed over with Alfredo Morelos one way or another? Because if he's going to stay and he's going to be a Rangers player, you need it to be in good terms. And also, if he's going to leave, you, you can't have other clubs sensing that there's a desperation there to get rid of him because things aren't well. Is it important? On, on both fronts that it gets patched up one way or another? A hundred percent. And I, I genuinely think that I think, I mean, a, a lot of the talk is that um, they need to sell Morelis to balance the books. And whether that may be true or not, I have a funny feeling that they would be quite happy for him to stay as well because, I mean, obviously it is a massive season from a Rangers aspect. And I just think that his goal tally, I mean, the, the other two boys with, with all the best run in the world, they don't look anything like they're going to be 28, 29 goal strikers like Alfredo was. So, I think um, if, if he decides to stay knuckle down and fight for his place and we get that kind of hungry, angry one back, maybe minus a few red cards, I think Rangers would be more than happy. When you talk, I, so, if, they, if the goals start going in, then the, the, the other the teams to want to buy him will be happy as well. So, Yeah, sorry James, just when you were talking about expecting him to sort of come back in tomorrow, do you mean from, from the start or just to, to play a part in the matchday squad? I would like, personally, I think he should start. Um, I think if he's... If, by what Gerard said, he's really knuckled down. He's kind of had the, the kick up the backside, and he's shown a, a real good application this week. I think this is possibly kind of last chance to learn for him. Kind of go out and shows what you can do then. Or I don't know if he was taking a. I don't the way Alfredo is. I don't think can kind I of giving him twenty minutes or a half an hour here will do his mood any good. He seems to be quite volatile. He's got that South American temper. So uh, I think that we might see him in from the start. Do you think Eton and, and Roof did enough though to keep their places? It was obviously a fairly successful victory last weekend. No, <laughs> no um, Obviously I'm a Rangers fan And I, I really hope they do well But you look far from uh, Leading the line for us For the whole season And winning the title To be perfectly honest I hope they'll come good I hope they'll come fit I mean um, Eton should be fit But uh, I think the two of them Just looked a wee bit off the pace or A wee bit off the pace Sorry to be honest uh, I know Ruth's not played a lot of football So he'll hopefully come good I know his record kind of um, Was really good at Leeds And things like that But Right now, I mean, they don't look as if they'll get 20 goals between them, let alone kind of beating Alfredo. In a world of competitive rivalry, which we definitely have here in this city between Celtic and Rangers, Rangers want to make a bad week for Celtic even worse by having an emphatic victory at Hamilton and saying, on you go Celtic, what can you do tomorrow against Motherwell? Uh, so I, that's why I think Alfredo Morello starts, purely and simply because he's behaved himself and he's the best striker, and in he goes. Uh, let's bring in William and Stevenson Big thanks to James and Paisley He thinks Morelos should come into the team tomorrow William, do you agree or disagree? Definitely disagree, eh, Gordon Oh, Gordon, Shoot and Cammy. Right. I don't know what that eh, last Rangers fan eh, James games have been watching See the five games were played Except the two goals he scored Morelos, right See Morelos' eh, previous He'd be chasing balls into corners, he'd be hassling defenders, he'd be scoring brilliant goals, he'd be linking up. His work rate would never be questioned. You look at all these games he's played, Gordon Wright, this season. He's done that. Rangers sometimes are playing with 10 men. See, against Livingston, I tried going previously. Him and Hadji, Rangers were playing with 9 men. In that game, Rangers were playing with 9 men because they two weren't even in the game. Morelos, in every game this season, He's not, he's, not he's not looked interested, Gordon. Hmm. He's, not, he's not shown anything. I would definitely have him 
on the bench tomorrow. If he can come on, come off the bench, score the goals and show what he can do, then he, then he might force his way back in. But you're definitely going, you're definitely going to start with the two new boys tomorrow. There is another consideration which Gordon mentioned earlier that um, you know, if you if you want to sell Morelos, you have to keep his profile up, you have to keep his fitness up, you have to encourage people to come back. If you want Lille to come back, then you need to give them something to work on. Uh, so I don't think that he is the kind of player who sits on a bench and comes on fired up and full of enthusiasm. He needs to play from the start. He's bad enough when they take him off and you see how huffy he is. But I think he has to play from the start because bottom line, he's the best striker at the club. I know, I know. What you're saying Hugh But again That could be a question That Stephen Gerrard asks him He might say Look I want you to go on For the last 30 minutes What is your attitude Have you got the desire And hunger To go and show me That you want to start For Rangers And want to be here Long term um, The two guys up front Listen I totally agree Alfredo is the best striker At the club But the two guys up front Is he the best at the club Right now though that, I think that's William's again, point yes. It's alright saying He's the best no, But is he I, in the best form I agree His form's Not great at the moment But I agree with you Again you look at the side of If he's going to move on Rangers need to play him as well He we need They need to try and get him in form to, If he's going to leave the club But I just think There might be Stephen Gerrard might ask the question Of leaving him on the bench And seeing how his attitude is Coming on for 30 minutes In the game against Hamilton And then seeing if he really Really wants to be at the club What do you make of that side of it William The whole kind of shop window idea Agree, agree with what you're saying, right? You've you've got to you've got to try and play, just get the goals, uh, to make the money. But what you've got to understand is Rangers must win games. They need players that's going to win games. And his attitude's wrong. It's, it's no right. These boys last week put the effort in. They're not up to speed yet, right? The two new boys, right? But everybody else is playing well, right? When when they feed off of that, when everybody else is playing well on the team, they'll start playing well and they'll start producing. And there'll never be point, Gordon. If we get that Russian boy today, it was reported a thirty-cap Russian boy. That could even be even better. Oh, I hope we do get that boy. Well, we're nowhere near confirming that story for you. Stephen Gerrard didn't mention it today at all. Uh, to go back to the Morelos point, I, I fully understand, and I said earlier, the rivalry being what it is in this city, Rangers want to make sure that Celtic's bad week gets worse on. Saturday night By having an emphatic win And then Celtic Really do know It's must win Against Motherwell On Sunday So see, see I when really you, see appreciate when you, it. you say that And I I'm a big fan of your Your love for the, the theatre And the drama When you say must win though, and I know where you're coming from but, but But is it really In terms of what happens If they don't Well If Celtic drop points Against Motherwell you wait until Monday night's oh, no, programme That's the thing I get I get there would be a big reaction But still Some people take the phrase Must win To mean that there will be Severe consequences And, and ramifications no, If the, they don't the, uh, Must win Simply in the sense that The fans have been Outraged by the result Against Ferenc Baros They are now Picking fights In every direction Is Neil Lennon The right man To manage the club If players want to go elsewhere Then let them go elsewhere There's a a mood that's been created now And that mood 
Will turn ugly If Celtic drop anything Against Motherwell William Good to speak to you Thanks for getting in touch With the guys tonight We've got some breaking news This evening About test events For getting fans Back in To Scottish Premiership grounds In just a couple of weeks time I'll tell you about it next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, Keep the calls coming Very very busy on the phones And we're on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB A bit of breaking news tonight From the Joint Response Group Remember when that wasn't a thing Hugh Evans yes, just yes. Uh, rolls off the tongue The update is that Up to three test events With supporters Inside Stadia Could take place On September The 12th In the Premiership Now That's significant Because remember We don't have a fixture card Next weekend It is the international break And then on September the 14th That's the date we've been given To get some sort of A number Back in So up to three test events Celtic against Motherwell On Sunday was knocked back As we told you earlier In the week um, but now the announcement is that up to three Could take place on September the 12th The fixtures that day Aberdeen, Kilmarnock Livy, Hamilton Motherwell, St Johnston Rangers, Dundee United Ross County, Celtic And St Mirren, Hibs So potentially half of those fixtures You could have some sort of fan representation inside First of all I thought it was unfair On Celtic uh, To veto the idea of fans going into the game against Motherwell Celtic have a 60,000 seater stadium they were asking for 700 fans The same as the rugby chaps got uh, And with 700 fans inside a 60,000 seater stadium You could have social distancing Without any problem at all um, Now, the test events on the 12th of September Good, let's go for it uh, I don't know how you decide who gets it and who doesn't uh, But it's a start Well, I was interested to note, Hugh And I wonder if this is um, indicative of what's going to happen Ross County went quite public with it the other day didn't they They sort of put their hands up and said Pick us, we've got the infrastructure, we've got the staff They are at home to Celtic that day So I wonder if that puts them in, in the driving seat to be one of the, the hosts Also Rangers Dundee United Again if you're going on the argument of maximum space Then yeah. well Ibrooks would come into that equation as well Such is life here that if you're going to have Rangers having fans inside their ground You had better... Let Celtic or fans inside Ross County Yeah but you know what Hugh, I, I'm not, I didn't get the impression that, that Nicola Sturgeon Or anyone from the Scottish Government Gives a monkeys about that sort of thing That Yeah, yeah but, that's that's for us and it but, gets people going But but, but she also said that um, The virus didn't pick on a round ball Or the rugby ball Well in that case then Why can't two stadia 45 miles apart Both huge Grounds Why can't they both have uh, fans socially distanced So Well this is a slightly different argument Because this is for tonight And they said basically That they feel initially They only need One test event Well as I say It's a start It's unfair That it's not this weekend But on September the 12th It's a start To get people back in It's a bit of light At the end of the tunnel Cammy. The, the, to elaborate on the story But if successful It would be the start Of incremental increases In crowd numbers From that date on So Listen, it's positive, it's, it's great news to be honest It's getting fans back in stadium It'll get fans engaged with football even more again So we know it's going to be a slow, gradual increase And it's going to take time to get back to them 
them days of full stadiums and, and great atmospheres. But listen, it's a step forward and for for six months we've we've not seen anyone in stadium, so it's it's great news. Yeah, seven hundred fans inside Murrayfield tonight, Edinburgh against Glasgow in the rugby. Um Stephen Gerrard says he'll be watching with interest to see what happens. I think everyone appreciates and respects the, the situation, but I think it's certainly a positive that the rugby are getting to test the events and hopefully everything goes well. Uh, and that gives the people that make the decisions more confidence to introduce it into football. But you know, the sooner the better. Um, we, we've managed the situation in terms of not having no supporters there, but um, we have missed them and um, we welcome them back as soon as possible. Frank is in Mary Hill. Frank's a Celtic fan. I think he's got Neil Lennon's comments on his mind. Is that fair, Frank? That's very much true, uh, Gordon. A very, very quick point uh, at the start of the show, the chap that was on talking about the contrary responses for the press regarding Neil Lennon's comments and the countless comments that's been made by uh, Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. regarding uh, unsettled players within his camp. Uh, Hugh, the chap wasn't saying that, wasn't arguing the fact that they both, that, that Neil Lennon's got uh, publicity. He's accepted that. It's the response of the press, as always, um, are completely opposite ends with how they treat one manager of a certain club and one manager of another club. That's Frank, see the only thing that I'm a bit confused at over this because I'm, I'm more than used to this sort of tit for tat. I'm not sure what I'm not sure why we're comparing these two things. Stephen Gerrard has got a player whose head isn't right, or you know, to, to use that phrase, and therefore he left him out. Neil Lennon is saying after the game that he's got players whose heads aren't right, but he played them. They're completely different reactions. So why are we determined to draw comparisons between those two? Because it is a direct comparison, Gordon. But they've taken literally the opposite action. The opposite action, because what Neil Lennon is saying is, and what Stephen Gerrard are both saying, is that there are people within their squads who've got basically one eye somewhere else. Now, that is unsettling for Stephen Gerrard's rest of his team, and it's unsettling for the team on the park. So, that, the, so he left Morelos out as a result, but Neil Lennon played the guys, presumably the other night. No, but, no, but whether he left them out is immaterial. Is it? The point I mean, no, no, it is, it is, Gordon. The point that had been made by the chap at the start of the show was the press are very, very soft and did not nail Stephen Gerrard to the wall the way they've nailed Neil Lennon That's all the point The guy was making and that's Neil, Neil Lennon Neil Lennon <laughs> Has not been nailed To any wall At all The press had their story Anyway at full time Because Celtic For the third season In a row Had blown it At home In a Champions League Qualifier So the press Had the story But then As I said earlier on Neil came in And in a Premeditated Fashion Said That he wanted To put Out there His two words out there The fact that there were players Who were agitating to get away from Celtic Park And he said that the story had been Again to use his word Bugging him So Neil Lennon put it out there And it was faithfully reported What Neil Lennon said There was no attempt to nail Neil to any wall whatsoever He put the story out there The press responded on a sort of general sense, Frank, if you've got players who you don't think are, are committed and want to leave, do you think it's right to play them? Oh, no, absolutely not. No, so I, Stephen Gerrard did the right thing then? Gordon, I want to go on my main point, but just to leave this very general point, Neil Lennon's been nailed to the wall with the press in this country since the minute he joined a Celtic as a player. We'll move on to that. No, 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 you don't move on from that. You let me respond to that. Neil Lennon 
has been disgracefully dealt with by people in this country, not the press. Several people have gone to prison for offences against Neil Lennon. That is, to this country's shame, but the press did not nail Neil Lennon. The press love Neil Lennon, and the press love Stephen Gerrard because they're big names, high profile, and the mm. people hope that newspaper sales will benefit from the fact that you've got Neil and you've got Stephen Gerrard, as the press loved the fact that Brendan Rogers was in one half of the city and Stephen Gerrard was in the other. You, Frank, believe that the press are habitually against Celtic and pro Rangers. It's a tired old tale that I've been hearing for a long, long time, but it's unfair, it's unjust, and the press, believe me, would love nothing more than Celtic to be in the Champions League. Is it really you? Is it really? Okay, I'll leave you, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my main point, believing I, I'm getting the right to reply to that, Hugh. I'll give you one example. Do you think this wonderful press that you see, this gloriously unbiased press that we've got, are correct by giving newspaper columns, not inches, columns, when Neil Lennon was getting sent live bombs to his family, having to get his child a personal security guard to go to school, that the people in this country and the press and newspaper editors printing it to say he brought it on himself. Do you think that's a fair, even wonderful press, you? I do not believe that Neil Lennon brought any of it upon himself. And I'll speak for me and the, the publications I have worked for. And I don't think that anyone, any newspaper editor, sports editor that I am aware of, has said, let's blame it all on mm. Neil Lennon. I, I'll say yeah. this again to you. The fact that several people have gone to prison in this country for offences against Neil Lennon is to this country's eternal shame. And he has been disgracefully treated on a number of occasions since he came here 20 years ago. But I who have worked in the press for a lot longer than those 20 years, do not buy in to your theory that the press are out to get Celtic and out to support Rangers. I've worked on too many souvenir editions when Celtic have won this and won that and won the next thing. Newspapers love it when Celtic and Rangers are successful because of their chance You'll sell more papers And you'll get a wee jolly off to nice venues In the Champions League to watch the games in the sun That's a a, a whole whole different story Uh, Frank forgive me I thought you were moving on to your main point It is but I'm going I'm sorry Frank this is where I've got a bit of a difficult job on my hands Because I am already 30 seconds late for the news But I try to be polite I'm trying to let you go on to your main point If if we can't do it now it'll need to be another time Okay I can't come back after the news no if you want to hang on for It'll be about 15 minutes By the time we do Beat the Pundit You're more than welcome Could you just maybe go Do the main point now Give us a wee a snippet Of what, what's to come Yeah please yeah. Well basically um, Neil came out And I think In the cold light of day Neil uh, would possibly Have rather Maybe not mentioned it But do you know what I think Neil When he settled down He said you know what I'm glad I did it Because I'll tell you why Because For six months And this is Neil Lennon's words He's had to deal with these individuals, whoever they may be, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, I couldn't care less. He's had to deal with certain individuals who, in a season for Celtics fans historically like no other, Neil wants and needs and thought he had complete and utter unity within the squad. That was clear in March before the lockdown. We were unstoppable. He says it's been going on for six months, Frank. 
Yeah, that's what I said to you. That's what I said to you. For six months, he's had to now, since the lockdown, deal with people who are obviously working their ticket, who have got one eye on playing for Celtic and maybe a bigger part of the other eye, or one, one and a half eyes at the exit door. Now, Neil's dealt with this behind the scenes. He's not mentioned anything in the press. He's kept his counsel. And he's, I think he's just had enough. He's sick and tired of people who are not committing themselves to this beautiful, wonderful football club called Glasgow Celtic, who I love with a passion and millions do. And they are so far from that commitment and passion. That it's uh, and, and Neil Lennon's commitment and passion that he's absolutely sick and tired of these prima donnas, overpaid, pampered people who are just greedy and looking for their next big payday. And I think Neil has just had enough of it. And that, for me, I applaud him to the hilt. And I say to other Celtic fans, listen to what your manager's saying to you. He wants every single individual in that club, in that squad, to be totally focused on one thing, 10 in a row. On that note, Frank, we'll leave it there. Three minutes late for the news. Thank you for getting in touch. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk/football. I'm going to keep Frank's number because every time we're on air, I'm inundated with people complaining that you love Neil Lennon too much and you give Neil Lennon an easy ride. So next time I get that, I'll get Frank on them and then we can sort it out together. Does that seem seem like a good idea? I am perfectly happy with that. Beat the pundit time. 01419511025. There's a sign ball up for grabs. If you get more questions right than Hugh or Cammy, the lines close at seven. Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Played one super scoreboard Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and we've got big breaking news tonight coming out of Hamden the Aberdeen 8 will not be banned after their coronavirus breaches unless they make further breaches down the line so they've been given suspended three match bans which will only kick in if they breach disciplinary rules Again before the 28th of February So in terms of immediate bans Immediate suspensions The Aberdeen 8 will not serve any ban Or any suspension It's suspended three game bans That would only kick in If rules are broken again 01419511025 What do you make of that? I suspect a lot of you will have something to say Let's do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football what a week it's been on Beat the Pundit Gordon DL Battered on Tuesday night Mark Wilson comes into the studio yesterday Slags Gordon DL And then gets battered himself on Thursday night So you two need to save some face <laughs> No pressure uh, Let's bring in Paul in East Bride. Paul, you've just been listening all week And thought this group of Muppets are here for the taking, haven't you? 100% Exactly, I like it Fight and talk from Paul in East Bride. Uh, you've never played before, have you Paul? No, first time Ah, see, this is, this, is what, this is what listening to DL and Wilson will do to you In other words, they're queuing up to make a fool of us <laughs> Exactly, right, we'll toss the coin and see who your victim is Paul heads, it's Hugh, Tails, it's Cammy, And it's Tails, it's Cammy up against oh. Paul And he's called Bride Let me give Cammy some Clyde 2 to listen to That's us uh, I just don't want him stealing your answers, Paul So I'm going to deafen him with something else uh, While I get your 30 seconds on the clock Here are the rules, Paul It could not be simpler Answer as many questions right as you can And if you don't know it Pass quickly And I'll move on to the next one Okay Good man Your time Starts 
now Who did Motherwell beat last night? Class In what year did Celtic last play in the Champions League group stage? Uh, 2017 How many European Cups have Bayern now won? Six In which Scottish city is Cathkin Park? Pass In what year did Barry Ferguson make his first Rangers debut? 1999 Who won more Scotland caps, John Collins or Ali McCoist? Ali McCoist Who was the Spain captain at the 2010 World Cup? Iniesta Okay, let's bring Cammy back Cammy, can you hear us? Yes Got us loud and clear Same questions to you, you ready? Yep Your 30 seconds starts now Who did Motherwell beat last night? Glenn Torn In what year did Celtic last play in the Champions League group stage? 2017 How many European Cups have Bayern now won? Pass In which Scottish city is Cathkin Park? Pass In what year did Barry Ferguson make his first Rangers debut? Um, 98 Who won more Scotland caps, John Collins or Ali McCoist? Uh, John Collins Okay, okay What do you think Paul? Ah, it's close Maybe either one of us Have won by one I think I think it is close Let's find out You got a dog in the background there Paul cheering you on <laughs> Yeah <laughs> nuts Right who did Motherwell defeat last night Glenn Torren 1-0 Cammy Bell And what year did Celtic last play In the Champions League group stage 2017 2-1 Because you both got it How many European Cups Have Bayern now won It's six So Paul equalises In which Scottish city Is Cathkin Park I can I can defend you, Cammy, because you're from miles away. It's, for Gla- it's Glasgow. Um, but Paul and East Kilbride's not, not too far away. I thought you might have got that. Um, um, the- nah, I'm talking with my city. <laughs> the answer is Glasgow. You'd have got that one, Hugh Keevens. Even you would have got that. 1967, it closed down. In what year did Barry Ferguson make his first Rangers debut? I think you were both close, just not close enough. It was 97. <sighs> so it's two all going into question six. Who won more Scotland caps? John Collins... Or Ali McCoist One of them got 58 And one of them got 61 Mine's was I guess Complete guess 50-50 chance Aye. And you got it wrong It's Ali McCoist on 61 So Paul takes it He even had a bit of room Paul got to the next question Who was the Spain captain At the 2010 World Cup You got it wrong Paul But it doesn't matter It was 3 to you 2 to Cammy Bell Which means the sign ball's On its way to East Kilbride Good man Paul Well done Well done Paul Quality stuff Cheers Thank you Brilliant And a win for the callers This week as well Hugh 3-2 Over the five nights It's been a week of shocks You lot need to sharpen up (laughs) The Spain captain At the 2010 World Cup Was Iker Casillas For anyone Who cares He wasn't bad Cammy Was he In your professional opinion Very good Who's your best ever Just out of curiosity I wonder if you look at these things differently Best ever For you Sorry Your Mm. lifetime say Uh, Peter Smeichel Okay Wouldn't argue too much with that Um, Thank you very much to Paul and East Bride, it's 01419511025. This is the beauty of live radio. It's seven o'clock. We're here until late, and we have got breaking news. Whilst we're on air, and still another fifty minutes to get your thoughts on it. The Aberdeen Eight will not serve any suspension at the moment for breaching coronavirus protocols. They have been handed suspended three match bans, so those bans will only kick in if they breach disciplinary rules again. Before the 28th of February 2021 What do you make of that? The right call? The wrong call? Somewhere in between? Let us know 0141 951 1025 Hugh Keevens I am slightly surprised But 
Delighted for Derek McInnes I'm slightly surprised Because when Nicola Sturgeon said Scottish football's on a yellow card I thought that when the players Eventually came before the disciplinary committee They might pay for that remark And they have paid in many other ways The club fined them They have embarrassed the club And Dave Cormack The owner of the club Was certainly incensed by what had taken place But I... Thought they might get a one game or a two game ban However The SFA And I know that PFA Scotland were defending the players They've obviously decided that Enough's enough But the deterrent is still there Because from now until next February They are In danger of Having a retrospective three game ban If they step out of line again Therefore it must be the ultimate deterrent There'll be no more trouble from Aberdeen That's for sure Yeah, totally agree with you I, I think for me enough's enough And we put, try to put it to bed as much as we can The guys made a mistake And as you said they've, they've paid for it in many different ways They've been criticised for, for many weeks Which, listen, we all know they've made a, a very silly mistake But hopefully that's a lesson learnt from Scottish football And for, for the professional mm. players that are playing at the moment And what I suppose we don't know Hugh And I don't necessarily want to find out Because hopefully no one breaches the rules going forward Say another player from any other club Pick a club does something this weekend or next weekend I I don't know if it automatically follows That they also don't get banned immediately Because every case would be taken I, I assume on its individual merits yeah. We had Jason Leach on the show He was talking about this kind of being a A line in the sand if you like And it was about what happened Going forward So um, like I say, hopefully we never find out I'll be very interested to hear What kind of sentence Bolly Bolingoli has uh, received Because he left the country He was in breach of uh, COVID-19 protocols He came back, did not tell Neil Lennon or anyone at Celtic That he'd been out of the country And actually came on to a football pitch and played So that's an entirely different matter from the matter involving the Aberdeen players So I'll be interested to see what happens to, to Bolly Ball and Golly Yeah I think those obviously were being heard separately And there's no announcement yet on Bolly Ball and Golly This is what Derek McInnes had to say before uh, that verdict was delivered on the Aberdeen 8 You know my players have been dragged through the mud Kicked for pillar to post They've been fined by the club They've not been in a good place for a couple of weeks here There's no doubt my players have been punished enough in my eyes not the whole of Scotland, but a lot of Scotland in general, right across the workplace, you know, let their guard down. My players were guilty of naivety rather than them thinking they were above any rules or laws. Um, and like I say, I think the whole Scottish football took a check when they saw what my players um, were getting pulled up for and dealt with for. You know, every club in Scotland, I think, have not been squeaky clean. Um, my players took a hit. They've been punished. They've been fined to... Uh, a high level of money as well It's not just a slap in the wrist My players have been punished If people want to keep punishing my players Then so bet we deal with it What about the punishment then? Is that right in your eyes Or have the authorities got it wrong? 01419511025 It's all about what you think What about Kevin in Dilray? Is that fair Kevin? Yeah I think what they've got The punishment they've got is fair However uh, I've been hearing that uh, Certain people seem to think that the Aberdeen, they've been covering up for the Aberdeen players possibly breaching the quarantine rules. They didn't breach the quarantine rules. They, as Derek said, they breached the social distancing rules because there were a bunch of morons going into our pub that, uh, that was had masses of people there 
then they should have showed a bit of restraint, especially after the, being at the game. And so they deserve the, what they get. But whatever punishment Aberdeen's got, the, the SFA or the SPL, whatever, they need to look at giving a harsher punishment to the Celtic player because he was out of the country. Yeah, I've agreed that it was an entirely different uh, type of offence and uh, he actually broke the law uh, and was visited by Police Scotland and was fined and he was guilty of deluding his manager, Neil Lennon, and his teammates. Uh, I still wonder what that will mean in the eyes of the Scottish FA, Hugh, because, you know... The, the punishment for deluding your manager Might come from the manager And it might come in, in the size of the fine That you get from Celtic yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it So um, I, I, I don't know at this stage But I still wonder how this translates to Punishment from the Scottish FA Because let's be honest is it You might not agree But I think most people would agree That they expected some sort of ban For the Aberdeen players right now yeah, and, I, and that I, hasn't happened As I said to you I... I Honestly thought there would be a token punishment on the Aberdeen players Either one or two games uh, Because of the effect it had on the country at that particular time With Nicola Sturgeon saying football's on a yellow card I thought they might pay the price for that remark Um, I'd like to read an SFA written judgement On why they arrived at that decision But we don't have that yet Uh, However, I go back to the point I think Derek McInnes has handled this exceptionally well as manager of the club uh, I thought getting the players together in that kind of huddle at McDermott Park when they beat St Johnston 1-0 looked great it, it showed a real togetherness there uh, and I think he's had to contend with so many injury problems it's been quite a, an amazing season for Derek McInnes but he's put together wins over St Johnston Livingston and now a big European win Um so I think tonight is good for Derek McInnes uh, Cammy, what did you make of Derek McInnes's take on it? H- have you noticed a, a slight tailing off in, in the sort of language and, and feeling towards those players in the last couple of weeks? Because ultimately, yes, they were, they were wrong But Derek McInnes talking about them being guilty of naivety And not a lot more Some of the language used towards them was pretty strong Yeah, I think that's a good word that you use, naivety I think that's probably... A great word to describe the the situation, the scenario from the players. I don't think knowing some of the players that were actually out there, they would have went and thought they were above the law. I, I really don't uh, agree with anybody that that thinks that way. I think they've they've misjudged the situation. Um, obviously, it's blew up in their face, and and they've had a lot a lot of criticism. Though, as Derek McInnes says, they've been hugely fined by the club. So, for me, if we can put this to bed and use it as a a learning lesson. Mm. Um, going forward and as I say we're so close to getting fans into stadiums so we really want to be tight with everything at the moment and hopefully everything can progress in Scottish football and get back to as much normality as we can Kevin do you think it's a strong enough deterrent going forward? I think it is because it also it, it means that they know that if they muck up again they've got an instant three game ban no matter what happens Yep, that, that I agree with you, Kevin. That you know, you called them a bunch of morons. I think that's excessive language. Um, you know, as Derek McInnes said, they were naive. They badly stepped out of line. But I think to call people a bunch of morons is is too strong. 
Um, I mean, Ian, I'm just looking at some of the tweets here. I can't read them all, obviously, but Ian, for instance, says, What a load of, and then he's got the wee brown emoji. You know what one I mean. Well, you don't, but everyone else does. Yeah. Uh, they should have got a three match ban, and the club deducted 10 points for being unable to control their players. You see, there's a, a, a um, need within Scottish football now among supporters, there's a need for vengeance. No matter what anyone at any club does, there must be vengeance. Uh, and that the uh, the sentence that he's describing there, the deduction of how many points? Ten. Um, that that is savagely disproportionate mm. to what took place. Just to try and, and shine a light on on the other side of it, though, because you guys seem to be on the same page. Michael Horn, for instance, is on. Who, by the way, I think Michael Horn on Twitter is my old maths teacher. For oh. any for anyone that cares, um, but he says the punishment should be. That they are banned when the scheduled games that were postponed come around. Yeah, you, you see that. Can't, it's too late actually because they've yeah. already played St yeah. Johnson. But what, what? I, I think a previous show I actually mentioned that 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 possible punishment could have happened if if there was a decision made straight away because obviously we we spoke about that St Johnston were were would have been looking forward to playing a a, a team of Aberdeen who's missing. Seven mm. or eight of their, their star players um, So you're taking away that opportunity from St Johnston mm. But I mean, as I say, that's in the past now That game's happened So I think we just try and put this to bed And, and hopefully we have learned a lesson from it Real split on Twitter I mean, Richard Moonen says that's pretty weak They've not really lost out at all um, But Paul McQueen says that's fair enough Gary McGowan thinks it's a joke <laughs> I'm seeing a real... Um, a real split here Kyle as well says Haha Effectively no punishment Scottish football is a joke um, What about The fact I mean because People will make that leap Rightly or wrongly And say well They got Some football shut down For a while And, and this is not Harsh yeah. enough Yeah I can only go back to My initial reaction And that was One of surprise I thought there would Have to be a ban Even a token One game ban to satisfy public opinion Those who are uh, on Twitter right now um, That would have been wrong as well Wouldn't it? You don't, you don't do it to satisfy public uh, opinion Of course And you don't do it to satisfy the Scottish Government either But that's why I would like to read And there is no statement available yet But I would like to read the SFA's written judgement on this And why they felt that a suspended sentence uh, Was sufficient under the circumstances well, as you mentioned, PFA Scotland um, represented the players. Um, Fraser Wisher, I think, is due on tomorrow's show, so we'll see what he's able to tell us. Let's bring in Liam in Mary Hill. Is that a fitting punishment for you, Liam, or not? No, I don't think it is. No. But at the end of the day, they must say it. If they do it again, they're going to get a three match ban. But Nicholas Sturgeon has already said to us, if we do it again, anyways, we're going to shut us down. So, how can it, that be any punishment? Well, again, uh, what would you have recommended, Liam? Uh, I would have recommended a ban, as you say to you, one or two games. Then it gets into their head that they're actually being banned. Because at the end of the day, if they do it again, we're all shut down. Having said that, though, Liam, Derek McInnes talks about, you know, they've been fined a lot. They've been battered by the, you know, the, by the public on social media and various other forums. Do you really think they would they would do it again? You never know. Something could happen. It could be another player, as you said earlier. That well, if they're not getting banned, let's. Wait, I'll do it and see what happens next. And that's why. At the end of the day, I keep coming to the point that if somebody else does it, Nicholas Sturgeon's already said we're on a yellow card. 
So if anything else happens again, we're going to shut the rest of the season down. And that's why I'd love to know why the SFA arrived at the decision they have taken. Uh, see, my initial reaction was surprise, delight mm. for Derek McInnes because he's been through an awful lot uh, and held the club together. But I would like to know why, because my understanding was that the players went into the meeting today believing that... Virtually. Yeah, the Zoom meeting. Imagine you trying to operate that. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, my goodness. <laughs> They'd all be lit off lightly if I was doing it because I couldn't get the, the screen on. But I went into today's uh, events believing that the players had been told you will be given minimum two-game ban Maximum eight game ban, which for me would have been outrageous. An eight game ban for eight players, but I suppose technically they have, two. though. Technically they have. It's just that it's suspended. So I wonder if we're just sort of missing the detail a little bit. How important on that? Because Liam's point is, hold on. Nicholas Sturgeon says one more, you know, one more breach, and it's the red card sort of thing. How important is the timing here? Because let's not forget, she said that in response to the Aberdeen players, as in what happens from now on. Is the fact that that would have been a retrospective punishment Is that maybe where it comes from Because ultimately how can you heed Nicola Sturgeon's warning And then be punished for something that happened prior to that warning Yeah I get what you're saying It's just It becomes a minefield of, of, of different people's perspective of, of what we look at the situation and, and as I say for me as a footballer That we as footballers Everyone should have learnt a lesson from what happened with Aberdeen 8 um, it's been spoke about, they've been criticised, they've been fined And uh, football players don't take it lightly of, of criticism that harshly And, and warranted at the time because they, they did do wrong and they, they misjudged the situation But I think we all want to see football players on the pitch as well And I do get the caller's point that one more in Scottish football is shut down But I'm hoping my fellow Players that are that are playing the game at the moment mm. take heed of the situation that's actually happened and and as I say we can we're almost getting fans back in so we need to be positive hopefully. Good to hear both sides of it, Liam. So thanks for getting in touch tonight. We have got a full time teaser for Cami Bell and Hugh Keevens. More calls on whatever you want, really. Neil Lennon's comments, Celtics position at the moment, Stephen Gerrard on Alfredo Morelos, we'll hear from David Turnbull as well, speaking for the first time as a Celtic player, if you want to hear what he had to say, stay there Taking your calls on Scottish football, 0141 951 1025, this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevens are here, they're still waiting to take your calls though, usual number or Twitter at Clyde SSB we've got a full time teaser for you tonight sent in by Scott Scott wants to know Before David Turnbull Can you name the last nine players To move from Motherwell to Celtic Or vice versa Can you name the last nine players To move from Motherwell to Celtic Or vice versa Now I should say A couple of these are really tricky So I'll, I'll wait and see how you get on um, Scott McDonald Yes Stephen Pearson Shown off Cammy. Any that spring to mind I was going to say Stephen Pearson there Um Some are tricky. Mm. I wonder if you can. By that you mean too hard for us? <laughs> no, I think if I tell you that what kind of category they fall into, eventually you'll get it. There are some obvious clues there, but some are very high profile, like the ones you've mentioned. I mean, Scott mm. McDonald. Um, there are other high profile ones there. Some maybe didn't have much of an impact at, at one of the clubs, so you uh -huh. might right. have, you know. 
anymore? I mean, there are some big names going back, Hugh. Um, well, are we going as far right back, back as Brian McClare? Yes. Right. We are. Andy Walker. Oh, right. You're flying. We'll leave it there. Brian McClare, Andy Walker, Stephen Pearson, Scott McDonald. We're looking for another five players before David Turnbull, though, of the last nine to move from Motherwell to Celtic or vice versa. You may have to do a bit of thinking to get beyond. Some of the obvious ones Right, let's take a look at some actual football That we had last night, Hugh Good wins for Aberdeen and Motherwell uh, Yeah, um, big win for Aberdeen uh, I, I know they're, they're playing a team from the Faroe Islands But if they had lost to Aberdeen Or rather, if Aberdeen had lost to Runovic uh, They would have been slaughtered So it's only fair to praise them And Ryan Hedges, what a difference he has made uh, Hattrick last night uh, it brings life to that Aberdeen side um, Motherwell Perhaps not the, the finest hour and a half they've ever had But again, on the back of all that Stephen Robinson has been going through uh, A win is a win And a 5-1 win is even better Yep, I mean, I mean for me um, Motherwell, a, a good win Job done for both both clubs but Motherwell on the back of the, the sort of start of the season that's been very sticky and, and difficult. Um, they'll be delighted with, with the win over Glen Torren. It was a probably a, a tie that you look at and you think it's easy, but I mean, this Glen Torren side probably would have came over thinking they'd half mm. a chance with the way that Motherwell started the season. Yeah, and it was tough up until the, the sending yeah. off, but then eventually the floodgates opened. Stephen Robinson says a big scoreline's been coming. He says players needed belief in front of goal. And uh, he hopes that they got that last night. Very pleased. Um, obviously, our first win of the season. We were no, under no illusions it would be a tough game. Um, I thought Glenshorn come in. You know, they battled really hard. They were organised, hard to break down. And I, I knew if we kept going, kept playing, kept their beliefs, we'd, we'd break them down. We'd show our quality, and you know that's what transpired. I think our quality shone through in the end. Five different scores, and you know it could have been more. So, very pleased with the the end result, and and obviously we progress in Europe. It's been coming. It's been coming. Somebody's been going to get it. Unfortunately, for Glen Swan, it was them in the in the closing stages. You could see the belief growing. You could see the strikers. You know, we change shape tonight. We've been relying on wide players who maybe aren't quite on form and maybe no end product with their game at this moment in time. And you know, we're putting a lot of pressure on a four-three-three system to do that on them. So, recognise that put two right up top released our eights in midfield to go a little bit higher up the pitch and you know, I thought it worked, worked well created a lot of chances and it was really pleasing to see all three forwards score tonight and hopefully we can kick on from you Yeah three forwards scoring Hugh and oh. finally a goal of note in Europe for Tony Watt I mean <laughs> uh, the, the one that everyone will be talking about um, when it's all said and done I wonder if Rod Stewart shed a tear when he, when he scored it as, as he did the last time Tony uh, scored in Europe This is interesting because Every manager in the world wants more money to spend on players But Stephen Robinson says the money that they got for David Turnbull Can transform the football club He's not wanting a bigger transfer budget He says he's more concerned about the infrastructure And sorting out some sort of training ground We got a huge fee for David Which is fantastic for the football club And we're into another round of Europe So now we need to build on that I'm not expecting any more in my budget that what I want is the infrastructure of the football club I want the, the training ground sorted out and I think the club will back that completely because we do develop players and having a, a better environment um, to do that I think has to be the goal of the football club Can that amount of money really transform a football club? 
at countless more in precarious times at the moment. You know, nobody really knows when crowds are going to get back um, sooner rather than later, hopefully. So, you know, the board the board run this football club prudently. They're very, very good at what they do. You know, Jim McMahon is an excellent chairman and he will he will make sure the club's right first and foremost. No money will be blown. We, we only get 4,000 fans. So it's not sustainable to invest in, in the playing budget continually. What you have to do is put the infrastructure in place for the future keep trying to defy the odds and finishing higher up the league when you're losing players every year and, and that's what we'll try and do I'm reliably informed um, David has been well aware he's been listening in to all the discussion that's been going on around him this uh, week on Super Scoreboard Hugh um, what did you make of that from, from Stephen Robinson? I think that's perfectly correct uh, these are precarious times as Stephen said uh, David Turnbull has the knowledge that he has secured Motherwell's future for a long time to come and if he also has uh, contributed towards the creation of a new training facility, then he can be doubly happy. I felt slightly sorry for him because when you're a new Celtic or Rangers signing, it's normally a fanfare of trumpets that you get. But David Turnbull had to come the day after a very bad European mm. result for Celtic. So he's had his moment in the sun today. I don't mean newspaper. I mean in the sun. Um <laughs> And he can now look forward to his Celtic career. I'd be very intrigued to know if he plays against Motherwell on Sunday. Um, I, I don't think that would be fair on David Turnbull. He's a Celtic player now though, isn't he? That's These <laughs> things happen. But he was a Motherwell player up until Tuesday. <laughs> Tough. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> and that may be the attitude that, uh, that Neil Lennon takes because David Turnbull has been brought in the hope that he can contribute towards the winning of 10 in a row. So... If Neil Lennon feels that it, it will do nothing to affect his mind uh, playing against his old teammates, then Neil Lennon's the manager. I, I think David Turnbull will be choking to play on Sunday. I think he'll be desperate to play. Uh, I understand that it might be a little bit strange and difficult for him, but he'll want to get that Celtic shirt on as soon as possible and show what he can do for the team, especially after a, a disappointing result. And, and he's, he's joined the club to play football, so I mean, he'll be desperate to play. But going back to Stephen Robinson's point about the infrastructure of, of Motherwell with the money, I, I think it's refreshing and great to hear that a manager of a team isn't looking at the board and saying, Well, look, we've, we've got this money in that I want it for my playing budget. He's looking out with that and, and thinking long term, longevity of the club and the way to produce players as Motherwell do. They do produce young talent and sell them on. Um, but if they've got a training base to do that They'll, they'll definitely improve And imp uh, get more and more mm -hmm. talent coming through the door Here is the man himself David Turnbull speaking for the first time As a Celtic player today He's delighted to have me, have me here And kind of, he told me how good a player I'm at And he, he's looking forward to working with me And just kind of wants me to kick on And push for place in the team Train as hard as I can Work as hard as I can In and out of the club And kind of just push other players and they all push me as well with the competition and just give 100% every day. I believe in my ability and I feel as I can come here and make an impact and um, hopefully hopefully do that and then I feel, feel ready. Go back. Ah, live radio again, even more breaking news for oh. you tonight. Celtic defender Bolly Bolingoli has been handed a five-match ban by the Scottish FA for breaching coronavirus protocols by failing to quarantine after a trip to Spain. Now, two of those matches are suspended pending potential future charges. So it's a three-match ban right now. A further two matches should he breach um, the rules in the future. 
What do you make of that? I think that's an easy one for the SFA because they know that Celtic don't care how long the ban is because Celtic will never play him again. The Celtic supporters, some will say it's victimisation, the Aberdeen players get off but the Celtic player doesn't, but the offences are entirely different. He left the country, thereby breaking the law. He did not quarantine when he came back. He was visited by Police Scotland. He then deluded Celtic and deluded his teammates and came on to the park against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, uh, thereby endangering everyone. So I think it's an entirely different offence. Uh, and I think he's got a three-game ban and it will be over and he will never be seen or heard of again in this country. My, my, you've hit a key point there for me is that he entered the pitch without telling anyone after going away to a country that you need to come back in quarantine. So for me... He's put players and staff at risk by doing that without telling anyone at Celtic. So it, it definitely, for me, was justice of a, of a definite ban. Um, but as Hugh says, whether he plays for Celtic again, you can't see that happen. Same question again then. After the Aberdeen players, is that right or is it wrong? 01419511025. We'll take James in Port Glasgow next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans are here Still time to get your calls in Breaking news late on in the show tonight That Bolly Ball and Golly has received a five match suspension from the Scottish FA Three of them immediate And two of them will be suspended um, Should he breach rules again Is that the right call or the wrong call? Hot on the heels of the news that the Aberdeen 8 have been given no games immediately and a three-game suspended sentence for them. Uh, very quickly on this teaser tonight, before David Turnbull, the last nine players to move from Motherwell to Celtic or vice versa, Scott McDonald, Stephen Pearson, Andy Walker, Brian McClare. I've got three beauties for you, one after another here. Jim O'Brien. Outstanding. It's a right. pleasure to watch you at work. Michael McGlinchey. No. Oh, oh that's a good one, though. I like um, that. that would have... I can't remember why that falls down But loan signings don't count And I think he was only on loan at Motherwell And right. it, it might right. not even have been from Celtic anyway Here's my biggie out of left field Paul Slane <sighs> By the way I was thinking Slaney So good Came in my head. Honestly you're, you're on fire tonight You really are Did uh, you play for Celtic? Once I think Yes did he? Um, mm. Yeah Because you had to have an appearance for both right. to count Because yep. Kevin McBride was kind of there or thereabouts But I don't think he appeared for Celtic um, Hugh your, your old pal Um Dom Thomas ah. He's on He's got He's got one of the ones You're still looking for Dom, text, text me Dom Text me um, Matthew Breckenridge Has got one And there's an obvious one A really really obvious one That you're missing I can't believe you've got Paul Slane and Jim O'Brien And you've not got this guy <sighs> Honestly Right Wait, Which decade are we we'll, talking about? We'll get back to it Because we need to squeeze some calls in James in Port Glasgow Has been hanging on for ages I know you had a wider Celtic point James But can I just put you on the spot With Ball and Golly Since it's breaking news What do you make of it? Hi Good evening Gordon He's Tammy Hi um, Very 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 upset about it to, <clears throat> to be honest with you I'm an honest man I work hard I work On a special needs skill In Glasgow and to do that is beyond belief. I'm sure the players are well informed where to go, what to do, what not to do. Nobody actually knows what happened, possibly Neil Lennon, but 
that's not no no. To me, if you never put a Celtic cap on again, ever. Yeah, and do you know what, James? That that may well happen anyway. Separate from this, and Neil is on Twitter who doesn't want to see Bolly play for the club ever again. But I'm struggling to see why Aberdeen got three game bans suspended and he gets longer. Similar for for yeah, Andre he says it's deserved, but they've plucked the number out of thin air. He broke the same rules as the Aberdeen. Ate. No, he did not. He broke different rules. He broke the law. The Aberdeen players. Um, we're guilty of naivety As Derek McKinnis said But Volleyball and Golly Went to a country That was on the blacklist If you like And he was told That he should have quarantined When he came back For 14 days I mean, but Technically though The Aberdeen players Went out in a group Of more than Three or four households So they broke The same rules That apply to everyone else Well they, they were not dealt with By the police Volleyball and Golly was Yeah yeah, fair um, And I think but he comes into a different category As I say Is it because he went and played as well And, yeah, and tried course. to kind of pull the wool over uh, yeah, everyone's eyes Yeah, I ah. mean he's, he's in that dressing room with all the other Celtic players Who knows what could have arisen out of that But Or the Kilmarnock players it's, Exactly It's, it's an he's easy put, one He's putting everyone at risk on that pitch By not making himself aware that he's been over in Spain and, and done that trip and done the journey And possibly brought the virus back Anyway James, I know I put you on the spot there You called in with a, a more general Celtic point, didn't you? I'd like to talk about young Patrick Kamala and El Hanusi. Go back to the previous game against Reykjavik. The two of come on substitutes. Within five minutes, El Hanusi had played a feminist ball down the right-hand side. And the young boy took the ball on his right and scored a cracking goal. I thought, good. I, I, I truly believe this boy's got ability. And if you watch him, he's waiting to go in. He's like a, a Jerusalem rabbit. He can't wait to go into the park. He came on on Saturday at Danadise and made a beautiful wee flick through in the second half about five minutes to go. And then the Dundee United got a, a corner kick in the last minute and a half. And the ball came out to him and he ran from one end to the park and he flew past two players and he got brought down for a free kick. I believe the boy should have been on on Wednesday night. But I'm also a big Neil Wern fan. I think Neil was right to come out but what I feel Neil should have done was named him so any walk of life if you walk in factory shipyards wherever and you have a fallout with a gaffer it's the first thing you do you put down the tools thousands and thousands of supporters Celtic League supporters more supporters work hard they buy their season tickets they work long hours on social hours just to watch the football to see their team and these players are hiding I've named them and shamed them and says I'm sorry you're not playing again and another wee point I like to add is go back. What's happened to Scott Brown recently? And McGregor and one one other player, unfortunately to me, is Forrester. Non existent. Forrester is only this one thing to the side, to the back, to the side, to the back. And I've been playing for Celtic for years. They play fantastic for six or seven matches. Un- unstoppable. And then he hides. Or he's asked for him. I'm sorry, maybe Neil's, Neil's too... What's the word I'm trying to look for? Loyal. Faithful to certain, player, to certain players. And I talked to my pals about the game. Forrester is either brilliant or mince. No mince, that's a bit harsh. He doesn't play so often. But nobody's mentioning McGregor, Scott Brown or Forrester on that game on Wednesday night. Where were they? Well, you could have... Points, guys. James, first of all, you've said that Neil Lennon should have named and shamed... I think Neil Lennon has regretted that he brought the subject up at all. Says he doesn't. Well, um, 
he will certainly not name them because they are then going to be uh, victims of uh, people coming on here and criticising them if they play in a game and play poorly. Uh, football is also a business. James is advocating just get rid of them. Um, you know, Celtic are trying to win 10 in a row and those who are there who fancy a move elsewhere will simply have to get through this until an offer is made for them and it's put before uh, Peter Lawwell. Um, so it's not as simple as naming and shaming. That just leads to more trouble and complications and you certainly don't just get rid of them. I'll tell you what, James gave us loads of, of kind of talking points there, so I'm going to try and, and work through them. The next one that I remember, Cammy, he says McGregor, Brown, Forrest. Yep. Is he right to be worried about their level of performance? I don't think they've hit the heights of last season yet. Um, again, is the effect of the break taking part in it? Again, it's, it's hard to tell. Selig, for me, haven't hit form yet that they did last season. So them guys are key players for Selig. If, if they're not performing to that high level, then then the whole team's probably going to suffer a little bit. But you're looking at Scott Brown and, and you're looking for his drive and... And, and determination and his, obviously his ability to, to drive a team forward And it, it's not really happened this season yet And a final point James made And a very important one A divisive one Hugh Patrick Clamalla uh-huh. What about the decision to not play him In itself was it was it the right or the wrong call And what does that then kind of represent As to, to what's going on with, with signing policy or whatever Well Neil Lennon said he wasn't match fit As I understand it And I don't get that You know Everyone Spoke about how he'd come back And he bulked up a bit And he was getting himself ready For the physicality of the Scottish game And he has come on against Hamilton Ackies And scored on the opening day So I don't understand why he's not match fit I do Believe That Neil Lennon doesn't trust him And he didn't trust him to play from the start And what was even worse For Patrick Clamalla when Celtic were on the verge of going out, he still didn't trust him enough to bring him on. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Neil Lennon knows, he must know in his heart of hearts, he can't start with Ryan Christie up front. He's got to try either Albion Ayeti or Patrick Clamalla or both against Motherwell. Cammy, I suppose there are two ways of looking at it because some people would hold this against Neil Lennon and say, this is like Craig Levine all over again. How can you not pick a striker? But ultimately, if you don't think he's good enough, you don't play him. What that then does, though, is call into question, well, why are you spending such money on a player if he's not good enough? Yeah, and I agree with you. If he's and fit- again, by the way, the, yeah, the whole fitness thing, Neil Lennon he's says... He's fit he's- enough for the bench, though. For me, if he's fit enough for the bench, he's fit enough to play a huge chunk of the game. Maybe no the whole 90 minutes, but he can play a, a massive part in the game, um, especially to uh, against a... A team that you think Celtic would dominate the game um, Get chances to score goals uh, You would think If you can get a good 60 minutes out of him And he gets a couple of goals If you really do trust him and believe in him You'd put him on for the first 60 If he blows up after 60 Then you make the substitution But to, as you say To, to not play a recognised striker Was a strange decision do you understand, Hugh, why it causes Some people, not everyone Some people to look at that That bigger picture of recruitment And Obviously, Tierney, Dembele, Armstrong, Van Dijk, Forster, the list goes on Eye-watering sums that Celtic have brought in And they have been applauded for it and they should be It's outstanding business But but people are now fearing Does Clamalla fall into the bracket 
of Bio. Well, of of Ball and Golly, um, of maybe Soro. We've not seen a lot of him yet. Of Shved, of Bio, of Kuwaki. Jack Hendry, of Marvin Comper, etc. In the yeah. last couple of years, yeah, far too many bad signings. Uh, it reflects badly on the recruitment department. Um, Celtic bring in far too many who sign for the club but aren't really part of the club. Right, we're running out of time James, thank you so much for getting in touch Hopefully we'll speak to you soon We should squeeze in Willie and Parkhead first Willie, ball and golly, right punishment, wrong punishment, what do you think? Wrong punishment, I thought he should have got at least 10 game back 10? He brought a lot of, well, he put people's life in danger He brought it back to Celtic Park, he left another country He left another country And I'm a Celtic man, but he should have been banned for 10 games and hopefully, wherever he goes, it carries on. Because this guy's going to leave the club. And I think he should be punished. Because he put a lot of people in danger. Families in danger. The club's in danger. Football, Scottish football, in danger. So I thought he should have been punished a bit more. But the Aberdeen fan, that was the right call for that one. I wonder though Willie Because We're talking about punishment Bearing in mind He's going to face A number of punishments here He's going to be fined by Celtic If he hasn't already A lot I would imagine The maximum amount Probably Two weeks is, wages is, is that the same up here Two weeks wages Is that yeah, the maximum Two weeks wages yeah. um, So Willie You know He'll have that on, on top of the ban He actually got fined By the police for it I know it was a small amount of money But it's not exactly something you want So You know There is more than one way Of punishing him but now if I've got a family and he's threatened my family, he's more or less threatened all the boys' his families. Now well, going to a different country and that's the way I look at it. Yeah, first of all, Willie, so, as, I, as I understand it, the maximum ban that was able to be given to any of these players was eight games. Uh, but this was an easy one for the SFA because they know that Bolly Golly will never be seen again. He'll never play football in Scotland again. So uh, they've given out what I think is meant to look like a fairly harsh punishment, but no one really cares because you'll never play here anyway. Do you agree with that, Willie? It's, a, it's actually not a point I had thought of about you know the, the punishment carrying over uh, wherever he goes. That would be up to the individual associations, but we won't see him again anyway, will we? Uh, but I would hope it would carry over to realise what he's done. Because you can do it, and if he's done it here... I'll get away with it So I'll do it somewhere else I think Like I say I think once the size Of the fine Comes out of the bank account Hugh I don't think he'll be Under any illusions uh, As to whether he can do it again or not I think he was on something like fourteen or £15,000 a week So You know Even Ball and Golly Must think £30,000 Out of his bank account Is a bit of a mm. Hefty hit yep. And by the way We don't know for sure Just to Clarify that You're not reporting that As fact You're just kind of Throwing it out there Thank you yeah. though To William Parkhead That brings us Pretty much to a close tonight We've still got work to do On the teaser Before David Turnbull Can you name the last Nine players To move from Motherwell To Celtic Or vice versa They must have appeared um, For the first teams You have done okay By the way You've got Paul Slane Jim O'Brien Scott McDonald Stephen Pearson Andy Walker Brian McClare Three to get I've got one That's probably the obvious one Steve McManus No Went to Middlesbrough in between them. Oh. And it, well, he did it as a coach, I suppose, but that doesn't are care. We, yeah. Are we missing the late, great Phil O'Donnell? Yes, yes. Aye, that's, that's the obvious one. He's oh. only got a stand Phil named after him, guys. Um, right, two more. What are these? Right, similar era to, to sort of Phil O'Donnell, 90s. Striker. And then there's another one in the Paul Slane, Jim O'Brien mould. 
no? No. Initials, something. Clues. Um, did they both go to Celtic or go to Motherwell? Or? Okay, like I say, the same. Paul Slane, Jim O'Brien mould, Youth Academy product at Celtic. Celtic. Couple of appearances went to Motherwell. Um, he's gone on from there to Inverness, amongst others. I'll give his initials. You like that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. JC. No see. Last couple of years Maybe it was Motherwell Joe Chalmers Yeah Joe Chalmers went do- Well done And the last one You just want the initials Don't you You just hold out I don't really have much um, Else to give you WF Also played for Willie Faulkner Yeah there we go Don't even need oh, to tell you yeah, Willie yeah. Faulkner You were on fire tonight Cammy really? you weren't too bad oh, But the old fella carried you Right thank you Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell That's one of the busiest shows I can remember yeah. That was unbelievable But the good news is we're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock giving you all the action from another busy Saturday in the Premiership. Thanks for joining us for your calls and your tweets. And to all of you who've been phoning the wrong number for the last half an hour, you're finally about to get your wish. George Bowie's about to enter the studio. GBX Friday's next. <laughs>